Thanks for tuning in to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is episode 25, What to Do During the Slow Season. In this episode, we'll give you some suggestions for making the most of the slow time of year when clients aren't blowing up your phone and you can actually get some stuff done. We'll also talk about ways you could bring in some extra income during the leaner months. So are you ready? Let's get to it, rock stars. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Welcome to another episode of the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. I am Renee Dallow, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mindy Marzik. Hello, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about what to do during the slow season of business. So right now, as we're recording this, it is early October, but we're in quarter four right now, y'all. So we're looking down the barrel, at least in California, of a slower season. And so we have some little tips and tricks on what to be focusing on in this season of business um, to sort of make the most of it and not make yourself go crazy. Do you have a slow season as a blogger, Min? Not really. And actually, I'm kind of the opposite of the wedding industry because quarter four with holiday shopping is my busiest season by far. So I'm kind of the opposite. And to be honest, our slow season as a blogger is more in the summer because we get less page views because families are, you know, kids are off from school and families are vacationing and they're just not looking, adults aren't looking at blogs as often as they, they normally do. But right. Right. Cause hopefully they're like out with their families and everything. Yeah. Instead of sitting, trying to kill time on the computer. Right. Right. But so, yeah, I, I don't really have a slow season the same way that the wedding industry does, but I remember back when I strictly was, writing about weddings for my blog back when I was basically like a full-time wedding blogger. And I do remember, you know, all of my industry friends talking about how everything just kind of grinds to a halt in like November through January. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's interesting is that, so where Mindy and I are in California, we're in Los Angeles. And so November through, I would even say in some cases, February tends to be slow as far as like what we're producing um, like actual events, you know what I mean? Like, and, and to be, to be completely transparent, this November is actually very busy for me um, because we're going to wedding MBA and I have three events, which is unusual, very unusual. Yeah. Normally I have like maybe one wedding and then, you know, we'll, we'll go to wedding MBA or something, but this year it's like every single weekend is jam packed until the weekend after Thanksgiving. That's my last wedding. But then I'm still looking at like a very slow December, nothing in January, which I'm actually very like, I'm kind of psyched about. <laughs> um, yeah, but I bet. in other parts of the country, though, like um, one of my good friends, Lindsay Bishop, who used to be a wedding planner in Arizona, she's now in Charleston. Her biz, um, sorry, her slow season used to be the summer because it's way too hot in Arizona to get married. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I never thought about it though because I'd be like in July, I'd be like, "I'm dying. How are you?" And she's like, "I got no weddings. I'm fine." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Yeah, so it's a little different for everybody. But since we're here in California, like Renee said, think things tend to slow down in December and January. So that's why we're recording this when we are, because 
us personally are we're starting to look ahead to what we're going to do during the slow season right but if it's not your slow season godspeed and when it is your slow season come back and check out episode 25 (laughs) yeah and i mean it's always good to listen and be prepared you know sure absolutely absolutely so one of the things i always do in slow season and you know i think i talk about this a lot that I tend to be pretty analytical about my business and the things that are working and not working, but especially as it gets toward the end of the year, coupled with the fact that it's my slow season, I'm doing some deep diving into analyzing what's working in my business, what's not, what advertising has paid off, what hasn't, you know, unexpected times of the year when I booked more than I thought I should, just like just every single thing just kind of gets picked over. And I wish I could say I had like a like a method for it, but it's sort of just like, I don't know, I just spend some time like digging in. Okay, yeah, let's, let's try to break that down just a little bit more, though. Like, do sure. you use spreadsheets? Do you keep a mm. notebook? Like, how do you keep track of everything? So I'm the queen of like my internal documents for MoxieBright are all Google Docs or Google Sheets. So I keep a running, uh, I keep a running tab of, of pretty much everything. I have a cash flow spreadsheet. I have... Um, I have just a simple document that where I, I literally list like the day the wedding booked, what day the wedding is for, my client's names, the venue, what package they booked, what, you know, what I charge them because I custom quote every package and then um, who referred them. And that's just like a master list of like what I booked in the year. It's different from my income because some of those weddings, like I've, I've booked, you know, eight weddings now for 2019. So I'm not going to, that's not my income for 2018. It's just what I booked this year. It's a different metric, but I like to know basically in which months am I booking the most every year. Okay. So basically at the end of the year or during your solo season, you'll look back at the the past calendar year and take a look at some patterns. Yes. The other thing too is um, I do that for obviously the reasons of wanting, wanting to track it and wanting to know, but I also don't want to take a vacation during a busy booking season like ever. That would be the worst for me. So I will literally say like, okay, well, I didn't book that much in September. So maybe next year I can take a September vacation and no one will miss me as much as, as they might in February when I booked like, you know, three weddings, you know? Sure. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So you go back and take a look at booking patterns, client patterns, uh, things that tend to pop up during the year. Um, I know you also mentioned, you mentioned a couple things, but I remember you mentioned something about advertising dollars. How do you keep track of that? So I keep track of every referral that I get, whether I book them or not. So obviously the ones that I book, um, those referrals will get some, some sort of acknowledgement if it's a gift or, you know, they get a little something. So those people are in the top of my mind. But then I actually go back into my emails, into my closed lead file, which is everyone that didn't book. And I go back and I look at how they found me. Um, on my inquiry form, I have a drop down which lists all the places I advertise and then things like word of mouth or client uh, client referral or preferred vendor list. And so I like to get um, just a temperature on like what's working and what's not. Um, and, you know, sometimes they just pick the first, the first one, you know, like the first drop down, like they haven't changed it. And so I have to also think like, okay, if if I'm getting an irregular amount of just the first drop down, then it's probably that they haven't changed it. But I do like to see it. And at the end of the year, I go, okay, well, if no one's come to me from this one advertising source, how much am I spending on that? Is it worth renewing? And I tend to make decisions about that now, as opposed to when they are up for renewal, which might not be January, it might be mid mid year, but 
I just kind of like to kind of see where it's going. Like, okay, well, if I don't get another wedding wire referral, even if I don't book it, if, I, if I'm just not getting traffic, um, then maybe I should reconsider. So that's what I tend to do in the slow times too. Okay, cool. I'm sure that's helpful for some people. And I know another thing that it's smart to do in the slow season is to take a look at your internal systems and see if there's anything that you can refine or make smoother. And I'm sure that <laughs> with these examples that you just did, like I keep everything, I'm, hate to admit it, I'm not the most organized person ever. I write a lot of, <laughs> I write a lot of post-it notes or little notes and then they're like spread out all over my desk. And one thing that I do at the end of the year is if I need to go back and track something is I keep everything in my emails. So I need to look back through like emails or do a search instead of maybe what would be smarter is if I throughout the year put that information into a spreadsheet so that it's all ready to go at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a, if it's working for you and that's your system, I say like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I wouldn't say it's working. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but it's just fair, an fair example enough, of something enough. that I currently do. That now that you mention it, I'm just like, oh, it would be smart if I took all that data and put it in one place so that when I am going through my slow season. It's just all there in one spot. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I, I do as the year winds down or as, you know, my slow season comes in is that I definitely look back at the weddings I've done this year, the clients I've worked with. And I've, I really do think about the challenges that some of the weddings have brought and also like the successes that some of the weddings have brought. So, and like a challenging wedding can be many different things, right? It can be a challenging client. It can be challenging logistics, it can be all those things at the same time, even. And a lot of times when you have a challenging uh, wedding or work experience, I look back and go like, did I charge enough for that? Because I custom quote everything. But I think even if you don't, you should have these conversations with yourself to just say like, for all the work I did for this wedding, was I fairly compensated? And so I do go back into my emails and say like, okay, so this wedding in April that I charged, you know, $7,000 for, um, I see that I I exchanged like 300 emails with them. Does that seem fair? And then another wedding that I might have charged the same thing for, you know, maybe I only did 100 emails with them. So it's like, okay, well, those clients needed more handholding. Maybe I should have charged more. And these are just things that I think about as I move into the next season about, it's hard to anticipate that. But I think as as we get into our business year after year, it becomes slightly easier to kind of figure out who's going to need a little bit more from you. Yeah, so definitely pricing is one thing to analyze and take a look at during your slow season so that it's something you don't really have to think about again when you're super duper busy. Absolutely. And then as far as other internal processes, like I tend this tends to be the time of year where I think like, okay, how many emails have I written this year that should be should have just become an email template? Oh, yeah, like a, a canned response. Absolutely. Because we're all doing that, right? We're all having those emails where it's like, oh, once again, I have to answer this question. And instead of just making a template right then and there, you think, oh, I don't have time for it. Yeah. And in the slow season, like this is the perfect time to say to really kind of dig down and, and sit with yourself and say like, okay, what are the things that are driving me crazy that I'm doing repetitively that I can make into a workflow that I can make more into a process for myself? Yeah. And this is the perfect time to do all those little things. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So there's some other things, some more tangible things. I like the whole like over overlook of your business and trying to look at your pricing and look at your systems. And then once that's done, there are a few tangible things that you can work on while you're a little bit slower. My personal favorite 
<laughs> is I can't wait working on blog posts and social media oh, stuff. I knew yeah. it was coming. I knew yeah. it was coming. <laughs> I'm so predictable. No, but it's true. This is the time of year to start writing all your blog post drafts. Like, get it done. People always tell me when this topic comes up is I'm just too busy to write blog posts. I'm too busy to pay attention to my social media. And I'm like, well, you don't have to do, you don't have to really pay too much attention to it throughout the year. But when you have a slow period, that's the time to get that content in place. So starting with blog posts, I prefer, I mean, I always recommend to people that they try to blog at least once a month. So have something up new on your blog once a month. That helps keep your website relevant for Google. It gives you new content for your social media and your Pinterest pages. And it also is a chance for you to feature some of the weddings that you've been involved with and highlight some of your vendor pals by by linking to their websites and tagging them on social. So if you have a slow season, I don't want you to write a new blog post every day and publish it every day. Mm -mm start writing some drafts so that throughout the year you have some partial blog posts already done and you can get them up quicker. Can I tell you a secret that I do every December? Yes. I love secrets. Okay. So I'm not the best at blogging. As you know, I try to get a new post out a month. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do two posts a month and I'm very impressed with oh. myself, but most of the time it's just like, I'm getting one out maybe. <laughs> Which is very so good. In- once a month. That's what I, that's all I tell Thank people you. once a month. Thank you. I'm going for a B plus average here. Um, (laughs) But um, so in December, what I do is I write a year in review post. And typically I publish that on December 31st. So I give myself the entire month of December to write this post. And all I do is take one photo from every wedding I've done all year. I write one or two sentences for each wedding. I generally highlight the venue or just like one fun thing that they or they did. Or maybe I just say like, thank you for trusting me with this process. You know what I mean? Just like, but I do every single wedding. I don't play favorites. I don't be like, oh, my top four weddings. Like, uh -uh." Mm uh-uh. Because guess what? All those other couples, they want to be in the top four too or top whatever. Like, don't discriminate. Do all your weddings. Mm -hmm. Just do one photo. You can always find one good photo, even if it's a wedding that you weren't super psyched about. Let's be honest and credit your vendors. And then at the end, I do a nice like little paragraph about like thanking my couples and I thank my team and I have some kind of quote about the new year and boom. And at the very least, it lets my potential future clients know that I'm working every year and they can see what I've done every year. Sure. Yeah. They can see where you're at. It's kind of like an overview of the, of, of your style for the past year. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really smart. I like that. I like the fact that you say that you want to focus on every client that you have through the year. You don't, you never want to play favorites. You never want to try to um, unintentionally leave someone out and make them feel bad. So if it's a situation where you're maybe an officiant or a florist and you have way too many clients to, to tag in just one post or to share in one post, you can um, maybe just highlight some of the vendors that you worked with. Or um, you can share some of your favorite venues. I don't know. There's different. There's other different things that you can do to make sure that your your actual clients don't feel excluded. Yeah, and I also think if you have a lot of clients, like you said, if you're an officiant or florist, you could also go season by season, like year in review, winter, year in review, oh, spring. Yeah, that's a great and sort idea. Of, and so instead of having to like write one epic, epic blog post, like you're just kind of going, and that actually is probably good for SEO because then you can be like, oh, spring weddings in Charleston, 
boom, there's a bunch of flowers for your spring wedding. So there's a there's an angle around it. But I really just I like the idea of taking stock of the year at the end. Yeah, I actually do that too. I do a a year in review for my blog and I just go month by month and I recap all of the things that I did in a certain month, whether it was traveling or whether it was a media opportunity that I had through my websites or if, you know, something big happened, it was my birthday, anniversary, my husband's birthday, you know, whatever. I'll recap it and then I'll just pick one photo from the month to include. So, I do the same thing and I, you know what, every year in December, I always say I'm going to add to that post at the end of every month or the beginning of every month. So I don't have to do it all at the end of the year. And wouldn't you know, I never do it that way. Do you know that I say the same thing every year? And I, I still have a draft open that says year in review 2018. And it's been open since like January 2nd. But I've never add to it because I don't know why. I, it's dumb. It's just sitting right there. I should add to it. But I think that's just Murphy's Law, right? We have the best intentions to add to it every month. But. Yeah. Every December, I'm just like, this is so much work. Why don't I do this throughout the year? <laughs> Especially because December is one of my busiest months. Like, why do I do this to myself? Okay. So don't, oh, don't be like us. Yeah. <laughs> do what we say, not what we do. <laughs> yes, the, but your slow season and, you know, for people whose slow season isn't at the end of the year, you could write blog posts about past events. You could write blog posts about your favorite mm-hmm. trends. You could highlight a favorite venue. You could highlight a favorite style. You could put together color combinations and write about that. I mean, there's a bunch of different things. And if you can just get these drafts started, then when you have free time, I know free time during during the rest of the year might sound silly, <laughs> but when you have a moment or if you're like, oh, I haven't published something in a couple months, I should get something done, you know, then it might only take you an hour or so because you already have the idea started. So, you know, blog posts and then same with social media stuff. You can draft Instagram photos. You can, um, I know that Renee has talked about, she will um, draft anniversary photos on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so you can get, you can get these things ready to go and not actually publish them in Facebook. There's a scheduling tool on the pages on Instagram. You can set up drafts or you can use something like Planoly. Uh, there's different things you could do. You could also create epic Pinterest images. We have an episode about Pinterest with our friend, Jessica, who talks about creating these, um, like Pinterest mood boards and linking them to her blog posts. So these are all the different social media things that you can do when your business is a little slower. Absolutely. And I think too, it is worth, um, as part of your ongoing like examination of your processes, perhaps if you are someone who is struggling with blogging and social media on an ongoing basis, maybe that's something that needs to become a process in your business more of, and more part of your workflow, you know, and maybe this is a time to examine like, okay, well, if I'm, if I tend to be sitting around on Sundays and I'm bored, although who, who know who, who has boredom <laughs> at this point? Uh, but if you are, maybe that's a day that maybe that's you're like, okay, well, let me just pop into the back end of my blog. Let me see that there's a draft that maybe can inspire me. And maybe that's what you do for an hour on a Sunday. Yeah. And in, kind of incorporate that into your, uh, into your workflow more. Yeah, definitely. It's something to look at when you're again, reviewing all these internal uh, systems that you have. Absolutely. The other thing I'd love to do during slow season is to plan styled shoots. Now, we have yet to do an episode on styled shoots, but it's coming. I promise. Um, styled shoots, there, there's a few things to think about. Thinking about when you're going to actually do them, like the time of year, the day, the month, whatever. And that's when I go back to that booking sheet where I say, okay, well, when have I booked the most weddings? Okay, maybe I shouldn't do a styled shoot in February. That sounds crazy. Uh, you know, and, and kind of think about what your 
slow time is for you. But then the planning of the style shoot is also getting all the vendors on board and coming up with the concept, which probably takes the longest, at least for me, because I have this uh, ridiculous thing in my head where I can't do something that anyone has ever tried to do before. Like I have this, everything has to be like the most original thought in the world. Um, Again, don't be like me, just do a style shoot. But uh, planning a style shoot in the downtime is so much easier than trying to plan them in like June. Yeah. And if you are, let's say you're a wedding pro who's not a wedding planner or maybe not a photographer, but you have a product or something that you'd like to be featured in a style shoot, the slow season is the time to reach out to all of your wedding buddies that you know. So email the Renee's in your life and email the photographers in your life or that you've chatted with before about maybe wanting to collaborate. Now's the time because if it's your slow season, it's probably their slow season. So they would probably love to get an email from someone asking them to work on something. True. And if you get it in their brain now, then you can be on their schedule for the new year. Yeah. Like it's a perfect time to send out, you know, send out an email to everybody on your list that you want to work with and say, Hey, you know, when, when we pick up again in the new year or whenever your busy season starts uh, to ramp up again, you know, I'd love to work on this with you and just see what they say. So yeah, that's the time to do it. And definitely not in like September, October when wedding planners have weddings every weekend and they can hardly respond to emails from their clients, let alone other vendors. So yeah. So true. And then the other thing too, with this planning of the styled shoots is that like, you know, sometimes this would be a, the slow season is a great time to sort of reach out to those people that you've wanted to do a a styled shoot with or wanted to work with, but never got a chance to even maybe meet like the slow season is when you should be getting coffee with people. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's not just for styled shoots, but any type of collaboration, the slow season is definitely the time to arrange all of those meetings that you want to do. Yeah. And we did an episode about, uh, about networking and, or how to be, you know, how to get more referrals from industry pros. That was our episode six. Um, and I would say, take, take a listen to that because we talk, we talk a lot about networking and how to show up in a positive way and how to be someone that people want to work with. So I'd say episode six, uh, take a listen if you haven't, uh, and go plan some styled shoots. Yeah. And some meetings. The other thing that you can do during the off season, and we're, we're kind of reaching the end of our list here, but One thing that you can do is if revenue is an issue, you can definitely start brainstorming about ways that you can earn additional revenue. So one of my favorites is passive income, which Mm -hmm. we talked about in a previous episode. Episode 10. Episode 10 for passive income. Uh, So you can take a look at that, listen to that list and see if anything there rings a bell with you or speaks to you. Um, Another thing that you can do, like, for example, if you're... If you do stationery or you do graphic design, you could try to put together some holiday cards or even, um, you know, think about different holidays throughout the year. So you can maybe set up a shop that's not just weddings, but you have holiday cards, anniversary cards. You know, where can you expand your business? That's a great idea. I never thought about that, like setting up a little shop that's not just holiday cards, but Valentine's Day cards, anniversary cards. Like that's that's so key, like for the wedding industry, like we should be sending snail mail anniversary cards. Why not? Yeah. And I mean, people still want to buy, I still buy an anniversary card for my husband every year. So, um, you know, there's still a market for those sorts of things. And um, one example that can't remember if I talked about it on in episode 10, but my friend Katie uh, Pritchard, who's a photographer, she just recently started a shop on her site uh, selling prints. So she has a theme every month and she will sell five photos and they're usually like landscape. Like she just got back from Hawaii and she took five photos in Hawaii 
and she sells them in her shop and she does this once a month and they're just going to be there forever. <laughs> I love that. It's a really good idea. And it, it's something that, you know, it, it, she can, you know, expand her creativity with trying to think of her theme and, and going out and taking these photos that aren't necessarily portraits, they're more landscape. So it gives her kind of like a different, you know, boost of creativity, but then it also is passive income that just will live on her website forever. I love that, you know, and also as a wedding planner, like I have an affiliate uh, relationship with Minted and they have beautiful holiday cards, not only for your couples, but for other businesses. So right around the end of the year, I especially start like hawking Minted, like, hey, wedding planner, other wedding planners or even clients, like if you need cards, go to Minted and then I get a tiny commission from that. And it's great. It's like a nice little boost at the end of the year. Um, Also, if you're a photographer, like mini shoots are to me, I mean, they're probably a lot, a lot of work for you guys, but for someone who likes to, uh, to book a photographer for a mini shoot, like I think mini shoots around the holidays or really any time of year can be so great just for your client relationship, just to be like, Oh, this is Julie. She takes all my family photos. Like how amazing is that? Yeah. And it's definitely a way for you to get back in touch with your couples. And it gives you an excuse to email everyone that you've gathered for your email list and let them know like, Hey, I remember me, I shot your wedding. And I also do this other thing. If you need family shoots, if you need, you know, holiday cards, anything. Yeah, absolutely. And like Mindy said, it's a great way to reach back out to your email list, to your followers, to your clients, to your fans, and sort of just remind them that like, Hey, I'm here. Hey, like, I'd love to be of service to you or just like, Hey, happy holidays or Hey, end of year. Yeah. Or Hey, happy new year. Yeah. I mean, it's always the slow season is a good time to follow up with your email list. I mean, obviously, you should be emailing people more than once a year. But if you haven't emailed your your list in a while, it's a good time to do that during the slow season to just remind them of everything that you can offer them. Absolutely. And in lieu of sending a, a physical card, if that's not something you're into, Um, I actually love around the holidays, getting all the emails from businesses that are like, thanks for supporting us this year. Like it just kind of puts you top of mind, even if it's just for that minute. And I just think it's so important during the slow season to just to not completely disappear, you know? Oh yeah. I completely agree. And like we said, the slow season is the time for you to work on these relationships that you might be too busy for throughout the rest of the year, you know, go to coffee or happy hour with your vendor friends and, touch base with your past clients and get some social media posts out there so that people remember that you're there so that when you're busy, you don't really have to worry about it as much. It's true. And I feel like the slow season is a time to get very self-motivated and also self-reflective, but that's the perfect time for it because you have that margin. You have that, that ease of not having to answer to someone every moment of every day by someone. I mean, clients, of course, but still it's, it's that nice, it's a breather, but it's also a nice time to reflect and refresh yourself too. Yeah. And I know that as business owners, it's, well, maybe I'll just speak for myself and say that when my job is a little slower, I tend to get a little lazier. Oh yeah. I'm like West Wing binge watching. Hello. (laughs) Like give me all the TV. Honestly. Yes. I like to just plop myself in front of HGTV and just not move for six hours until, you know, how they'll start repeating the same programs. And then I'm like, oh, I've been sitting here all day. Oh, nope. Same. So, uh, you know, if, if I had a job at a cubicle, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd have to work all the time. So uh, the slow season is a good chance. I know we all want to be lazy, but you know, this (laughs) happens to me, this happens to me a lot. And I do try to keep myself 
busy when my when my blog is slower, but I always get into the busy season of quarter four and I think, gosh, I wish I had done more at the beginning of the year or throughout the year. Yes. I always wish yes. I spent more time on my internal processes or updated blog posts to so that they'd be ready by Halloween or ready by Christmas and I wasn't rushing to do everything at once. So I'm sure that Amen. a lot of people can relate to that. So let's just all make a little pact right now that we won't yes. do that this year. We will be productive during the slow season. Yes. We promise to be productive this time around. <laughs> yes. And we'll all go into the Facebook group and hold each other accountable for that. Deal? Yes. Yeah. If you guys want to come to our Facebook group, um, just search on Facebook for Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders and let us know what you are pledging to get done during this slow season. And we'll pledge our, our things yeah, as we'll well. We'll let you know well. what we're focusing on too. So yeah, meet us in the Facebook group. Thank you all so much for listening, for leaving reviews, for spreading the word about us. Every time I get tagged in some, a Facebook group that's like, have you heard this new podcast? I'm like, oh, happy dance. Aww. Like we text each other and happy dance. And so thank you all so much for the support. We love producing this podcast for you. We love that you are finding value in it. And we're just going to keep doing more episodes. Yeah. Forever and ever. Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Have a great one. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events. Wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social. Teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz <laughs> <laughs>